rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roberta. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. So a couple of royal reminders before we dive in, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. Roberta and I lurk there often. Um, Subscribe to our (laughs) podcast and leave us a royal rating of five stars, or you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. Yes, we love to hear from you guys. So please keep writing in. We've had some fabulous reader emails so far. So Bowie, how was your Memorial Day weekend? It was good. That extra day, even in quarantine, really makes such a difference. And such the weather difference, was actually really nice too. We like yeah. made it to the beach, which was, oh, I mean, so a, nice. a very, very empty beach. There was no one there, but we picked up to go lobster rolls. Oh and my like, gosh. I know. Yeah. And it was 80 on Friday. So it was, it was definitely, I felt like I could sort of fake that it was a summer day and nothing was happening in the world, but obviously. (laughs) Unofficial start of summer. That's so, that seems so nice. I went to my friend's house that's on a lake. So we had, we had Margs, which um, will introduce us to our Royal Refreshment. But first I want to tease the episode because we have so much coming up on the pod today. Um, I'm still not over our Chris Jackson interview, by the way. <laughs> I know. That was the most fun. More fun interviews to come, for sure. Yeah. This will be a quicker episode. But um, so we have Harry and Meghan's anniversary that we'll talk about as we sip. We have Prince William's TV special about mental health. Kate and William's, I mean, mom and dad's very cute bingo night. There's a lot of William and Kate on this episode. Yes. I love the idea that they are mom and dad, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how I think of them. I think all of us. Think they of were them especially well. mom and dad on that bingo night. Oh, my call. God. 100%. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but let's talk about our royal refreshment this week. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Yeah, so this week's cocktail is Marg's, which I made this weekend, I just mentioned. Um, and I put How did you so, make them? So we did tequila and mezcal. Ooh. And then lime juice and jalapeno agave. And it was like a spicy marg, and it was so, so good. I highly recommend it. Oh my gosh. Were those ingredients the exact easy portions. to find? That was or? it. That was that was all we had. Yeah. So um the the jalapeno agave was like a special from a specialty store so that's a little bit harder to find i think you can make it your on your own if you buy jalapenos and like soak them in simple syrup fascinating we've got nothing but time i mean why wouldn't we do that (laughs) exactly exactly um yeah so so that was delicious but that's what um we're drinking that because that's what megan and harry supposedly have for their second wedding anniversary last week so um according to harper's bazaar omid scobie said that the duke and duchess of sussex enjoyed a low-key anniversary celebration that included mexican food and margs to celebrate they spent part of their day video chatting with some of the vendors who helped bring their windsor castle ceremony and receptions to life i thought that was very sweet that they yeah it's also like those people oh yes so sweet and i love the margs because honestly it's so california right it's so socal so SoCal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that that seems like a, a very chill second anniversary Definitely. celebration. 
And they reminisced about what a beautiful and magical day it was, said another source. Um, And they Zoom called close friends and family members. I feel like there have been reports that they talked to the queen. Um, So there's just been, yeah, I feel like they had a very low-key day. They had um, not a lot of work, no Zoom calls on their schedule, nothing like that. So that was nice that they got a break. Um, And another report from Town & Country quoted a source as saying that Meghan and Harry got very creative for their anniversary gifts. And cotton is the second anniversary gift. So they gave each other cotton gifts. Um, We don't know exactly what those were. But for their first anniversary, which was paper, is the traditional gift, um, Meghan gave Harry a framed copy of their wedding speech that she wrote out. I think that that's so sweet and adorable. I I feel like she has to be one of the best gift givers. I just feel like her experience at the TIG, she's very clued into so many kind of like smaller businesses, things that are going on. She has really impeccable taste. So, um, and, and what we know with, I mean, obviously this is last year's anniversary gift, but she, um, taught calligraphy workshops at paper source. So I can only imagine how gorgeous the handwritten wedding speech was. Even like her signatures that we've seen as she's like signed, uh, you know, official documents as a Royal have been beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it must've been such a lovely gift. Um, I just really like imagining them kind of just relaxing during this time. And not and no one can relax during this time. Let me like add that in. But I do think that like, you know, like you said, they didn't have any Zoom calls or anything like that. There wasn't there were no public sort of announcements from them. It seems right. like Omid was the only one with the scoop. Um Which about, is interesting to me. I wanna I wanna yeah. put a pin in that because I feel like Omen now has the scoop on all these very personal details of their lives, and I don't think anyone else does, and I find it so – I just want to know that connection. Like, how- Well, it's also – I mean, we know he's an inner member, inner member of their press corps, but I feel like it does beg the question for their his new book. Like, does he have interviews from them in the book? I mean, obviously, Does he have their, their actual sign-off on it, too? That's like – I'm so curious to know – who he talked to for it, if it was actually them personally, I still... There's definitely a level of trust because I feel like where are these details coming from? It seems like, you know, he really is breaking a lot of these, you know, inner, inner, um, you know, private moments. Exactly. It's like he has a direct connection. And I, I feel like a lot of the information we've heard from since Megan and Harry have moved to LA have come directly from Omid Scobie. So I find yeah. that extremely interesting. Bravo Omid. Yeah. Shout out to Omid. I mean, I, we Seriously, love what you're doing. Breaking all this news. <laughs> yeah. I continued, you know, we can't, can't help but continue to celebrate with our, with our margaritas, which by the way, mine is just a tequila shot because <laughs> I thought that I had margarita mix. I was like completely convinced. And we are also, I'm, I should add that we're recording this at 1030 in the morning. So yeah. I'm having, I'm <laughs> sipping a tequila shot, which I think will help me get through my day is my, you know, my decision Woo-hoo. here. Woo-hoo. Yeah, my bottle of tequila <laughs> that I'm holding up right now. <laughs> um, but it's giving me the extra um, pep in my step or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, while we're sipping, we also wanted to shout out to um, a super lovely email we received this week from Charlotte. Um the start is excellent. Most regal Roberta and Rachel. I mean, we've gotten the names. some great, yeah, great titles out of these. We need letters. to catalog these and just yes. like you know call them up when we feel like we want to look yeah. at them. Um, I just left a five star review on Apple Podcasts, but I wanted to write and thank you, ladies, for taking over the royal reigns. Reigns, get it? From Caitlin and Lisa. I was so worried when I heard they were moving on, but I'm so grateful they found you two wonderful ladies to step in. I am one of those people who took this quarantine experience as the perfect time to adopt a puppy. 
presenting his royal possumness, Archie. There's a Archie. picture attached. Oh, he's so cute. Adorable. He's, so, he's like a black and white, maybe a Bernese. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not exactly I'm not sure. great at dogs. I Dog guessing whether I they are. I think it might be, but it, it is the cutest dog I've ever the seen. The cutest dog. And the name, she said, I Googled the most popular dog names. I know, such a great tactic. It is. And while some of them made the top 10 list, when I picked up this little guy, he just looked like an Archie. Do you agree? I do agree. Yeah, I think it's a great dog name. He's an Archie through and through. He's adorable. Yeah. I haven't done a photo shoot with him yet. Please send us those photos when you do. Wearing <laughs> my navy blue HRH sweatshirt, I purchased with the help of Megan's mirror. But since she isn't officially HRH anymore, I feel like I have to wear it in support of her that much more. She adds more pictures to come. Just keep emailing us, Charlotte, please. Um, from Suits and Beyond, I've always been team Megan, not over Kate, because why can't I be fans of them both for different reasons, which I also think is a really yes. um, important nuance. I like that. Here, here. I agree yeah. with that very much. Yeah, for different reasons. Yeah. Um, and now Archie and I are doing our best to support her in her transition period. Thank you for your fabulous work, ladies. Best Charlotte and Archie. Char and Arch. Char and Arch. <laughs> so cute. I just um, love that email. Same. And she's not the only one that has a new dog. So uh, James Middleton, Kate's brother, just got a new puppy, speaking of new dogs, um, named Nala. So I'm wondering if it's Lion King inspired. And uh, we saw that that might be his 10th dog. According to Town and Country's uh, article from February, they said he has nine currently. So now this would make 10 dogs. It's crazy. I mean, but I do think that the quarantine puppy is a thing. I mean, Charlotte, you're like kind of just setting a trend. I feel like we know so many people that have gotten puppies. Personally, for me, different colleagues. I just think that it it seems like James Middleton did it. You know, he's like, let's just add to the fun. You know, dog number 10, Nala. So I think that it's really, um, really fun. And we so are, we love that you sent those pictures. Also, I had to look up the HRH sweatshirt, which I think I've seen a couple of times on different social media posts. But it is a great sweatshirt. And I think that even if Megan is no longer officially HRH, I still think I like the idea of wearing it a lot in Definitely. Her honor. In support. Yes, for yes. sure. But thank you for writing in. And please, everyone, keep the emails coming. We really, truly love hearing from you. And all the pictures. We've gotten yeah, so pictures. many pictures, oh, too, that so good. those emails. You don't have to send a picture, obviously, but <laughs> we love but them. We, we love welcome it. Them. Yeah. <laughs> so for this week in royal history. And now. This week in royal history. We have to say a reminder, there were two wedding anniversaries last week. So we talked in length about Meghan and Harry's on May 19th, but also Pippa and James on May 20th. So happy belated anniversary, Pippa. I mean, they're totally royal account. I mean, it's like within the Middleton family, I feel like royal by association. (laughs) Yeah. And we kind of went down memory lane with the pictures. Um, I, I forgot that Roger Federer was there. Oh my gosh, I totally I don't even know if I knew that, but that's a really fun sort of I know, guest I feel to have. Like that's like an insidery friend of theirs because they go to Wimbledon all the time and like probably hang out with him. Um yeah. Yeah, so it was just funny to I see also, those pictures. Yeah, and I also felt like for me, what was so fascinating is how, I mean, I know that, you know, time is a weird thing, but the kids are just so little, Prince George and Princess Charlotte, um, you know, with Kate kind of shepherding them along in her pretty, um, you know, I think it was kind of a blush toned Alexander yes. McQueen dress. Oh, I love that um, dress. But they're so little and it's amazing how much they grow into like real people so quickly. I feel like they have such personality now. I know. Seeing Charlotte's little baby face and like her little peek back behind her shoulder as they entered the church, it was like, oh my gosh, yeah. she's such a cute so She's cute. still, I mean, so adorable. But yeah, they are growing up really yeah. fast. But so that um, was their three-year anniversary. Yeah. So the, it was 2017. So, but our actual history, this week in real history, um, 
is that it was the death of the Duke of Windsor, former King Edward VIII at Bois de Boulogne. I'm going to mess said that. that up. No, you said that very <laughs> I loved that. Bois de Boulogne. Okay, thank you. I don't know how to say it either. I don't know. Someone tell us how to say that exactly. <laughs> On May 28th, 1972, so um, the Duke of Windsor, he died peacefully according to Buckingham Palace, but of throat cancer. So, oof. Oh, I know. Um, his casket was flown to the UK so he could be laid to rest in the royal burial ground at Windsor. There was also a private funeral service held in St. George's Chapel. Immediately after, there was a small burial service attended by just 14 people. Then Wallace Simpson, the Duchess of Windsor, returned to Paris, where she lived until her own death 14 years later in 1986. Um, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I feel, feel like I remember like, the crown. This is what yeah. I picture is like that those scenes from the crown. Which apparently, you know, and- from everything I read, it was, it, I mean, I think the crown was incredibly accurate with their story um, in particular. I mean, I feel like we really kind of got this newfound familiar right at the outset of the first season, but all the way through the third with their, you know, Wallace Simpson and and their relationship and everything. Um, but yeah, I think that the crown supposedly nailed it. So that's kind of nice to know. Yeah, because he was, they got that part right, that he was still in exile at the time yeah. of his passing. Um, it was also interesting that per a former night nurse to the Duke who shared her experiences caring for him in his final days with the Baltimore Sun, Wallace Simpson barely came to see him during his dying days. The night nurse was there for three weeks from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. and said Wallace Simpson saw him just one time for dinner. Sad. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's crazy. I mean, I guess it's like, you know, it's again just a snapshot because it's 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Maybe they had a different routine, but and it's one, one person's account. But I did think that was interesting. I mean, everything they went through for their relationship. So um, and who knows, you know, they're obviously when someone is ill, it's a totally different experience. But right. that was an that was a very detailed and specific thing she said to the Baltimore Sun. So yeah. who knows? Um, I thought this was really interesting, just kind of, you know, doing additional digging. I don't even know how how I found this, but um, I ended up at the New York Times kind of reading about his death. And um, apparently, um, Mohammed Al-Fayed, who, as in the dad to Dodi Al-Fayed, bought the home of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor in 1986 after their passing, after Wallace Simpson's passing. Um, and he has a 50-year lease on the 14-room property and turned it into a private museum. That is wild. I know. Me. It's just kind of weird. Strange sort connections. Of, yeah. I mean, it's like then 10 years later, obviously, with Princess Diana, the relationship um, that they all had. But um, what I did also find out, because I was like, how have I you know, been to Paris and not been to this museum. Like with my royal obsession, I would have right. obviously checked this out. <laughs> but it is not open to the public. That's what I found out. But you oh, can okay, so roam. Yeah. You can roam the Bois de Boulogne. I'm not saying that right now. No, you said it better than me. Bois de Boulogne. <laughs> no, I, I think you did it right. But you can roam that park that it's located at. But I did think that that was kind of a, a, a cool detail. And maybe if you have the right connections, you can actually go in. And apparently he has actually maintained it. So um, that really nothing has changed. Like it almost feels like they're still living there. So it's wow. like a little bit, not a shrine, but he called in that, in the New York times article, he referred to it as a mausoleum. So it's like a little bit of, yeah. It's like a of, piece of history that's yeah. just like been sitting there unchanged. And he that's said really that he cool. just always was really, um, a big history lover, which was why he invested in it. Um, but fascinating kind of that where Mohammed Al-Fayed was a big history lover. Yeah. yeah. Who's also, I, I, you know, I kept looking that he, you know, again, like just kind of you following did a this deep train. <laughs> I did. I did. And he's 91 years old, which also blew my mind. Wow. Mohammed Al-Fayed. Yeah. So lots of interesting, but yeah, crazy to think that that was this week. I know. Wild. So for this week's news, our royal rundown, we have to preface this by saying that this is very Kate and William heavy. <laughs> there are a, there's a lot going on with the Cambridges, and I feel like 
um, the Sussexes have laid low um, for the past week, except we did hear from Harry just through a letter that he just wrote for the Halo Trust. Yes, um, exactly. Other than, other than that, it's been pretty quiet on that Pretty front, quiet, so. yeah. So this is unintentionally the Kate and William show. We're sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you know, we obviously, we, a there's a lot to news. talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah really definitely. great stuff. Yeah, so we'll start out with Prince William um, and his documentary, um, Football, Prince William, and Our Mental Health, where he shares his struggles over Princess Diana's death. Um, so reminder, that documentary, which we mentioned on the last show, um, is airing on Thursday, the same day that this episode airs, on BBC One. So that's May 28th. And in it, we got so we got a new preview this week. And um, in that preview, we see that William is sitting down with other British soccer soccer players, football players, I guess they call them, to raise awareness of mental health and well-being in men. Um, and so we're going to play a quick clip from that. Having children is, you know, the biggest life-changing moment. It really is. And I, I agree with you. I think when you've when you've been through something traumatic in, in life, and that is, like you say, your dad not being around, my mother dying when I was younger, your emotions come back in leaps and bounds because it's it's a very different phase of life and you're not there's no one there to kind of help you. And I definitely find it very, you know, at times overwhelming. Um, me and Catherine particularly, we support each other and we go through those moments together and we kind of evolve and, and learn together. Yeah, so that was uh, a conversation between Prince William and former soccer player Marvin Sordell, who said he suffered depression growing up without his father um, and asked the Duke of Cambridge who he leans on in those hard times. And so, you know, Prince William does talk about Princess Diana and her death um, and also, you know, how crazy it is raising kids. He said, I can completely relate to what you're saying about children coming along. It's one of the most amazing moments of your life, but it's also one of the scariest. Um, so I thought that that was, I mean, to see Prince William, I feel like he got really emotional in that clip. And so I'm really excited. Hopefully there, there's a way for us in the U S to watch that documentary in full, because I think it'll be, um, it'll be a really interesting insight into the Duke's life. Um, and, but yeah, he, he kind of teared up when he was talking. Yeah. About I mean, I think that it, I, I really think, I mean, we noticed that obviously they were, they filmed a lot of it it seems during, you know, pre-coronavirus. So they had those kind of um, intimate conversations where they were sitting next to each other. And I just, I do feel like Prince William really comes across as, you know, so genuine and so um, compassionate. And I just, I, yeah, I mean, I think when, when it sort of the conversation turned back to talking about his mom, um, he definitely was very emotional. It's, it's uh, touching to watch, I guess is the best way. To yeah, it really it. is. And at one point um, that same uh, soccer player said, William, like I, or I think uh, William said, your dad would be proud of you. And he said, well, your mom would be proud of you also. And he said, thank you. And it really felt like he really meant it. Um, there was just a lot of, of, uh, I don't know, feeling and emotion too. Yeah. That. I feel like he moved on, William moved on kind of quickly and it really does. He said, thank you. And, but I feel like it does go to show, you know, it's, it's still so, you know, right at the surface, which again goes along with, you know, William and Harry's like, and and Kate and Megan's commitment to mental health efforts. I just think that, you know, it kind of shows that at any moment, you know, you're struck by something that has been buried deep within you. I just think that everything they do around it, you know, and I, and like he said, having kids, I think just dredges up all those things. Like he obviously would have, I mean, to have Princess Diana there with his three kids and his wife, it's nice that yes. he has Catherine to go to, it sounds like. 
Yeah, he definitely, he shouts her out in particular. He says, me and Catherine particularly support each other. Um, And I think it is easy to see, like, just this, you know, oftentimes in our society today, we see just the social media aspect of it, which is, you know, very staged or not staged, but just looking polished and curated yeah (laughs) curated exactly and and so I really admire William for kind of opening up about real struggles that he's faced as a new parent um it can seem like probably with all the help that they probably have that um it's so easy and they you know are just kind of gliding through life and he's saying no that's not the case it's it's still difficult for me um and so I thought that that was it was yeah, nice I just to see I just that. really love it as like a platform because I think that the you know we continually week after week talk about mental health and it just goes to show their efforts around this cause and I think that you know it's it truly is the the more you hear about it the more it just feels like you know it's every day and everyone's experiencing it and it's not that weird and I think that's like just very admirable and I applaud all of their efforts on this on this cause. But it, I, I really can't wait to watch the the documentary. I know. And so it's in partnership with the Heads Up campaign, which um, they helped launch in 2019. And it airs again May 28th on BBC One. I don't know how to get BBC One here. So I'm just praying that it comes to Netflix soon. I don't know. I feel like that's just... I feel like there's going to be a way to stream it. That we'll, I, tr- we'll- I Googled everything, Bowie, and I could not find how to watch it here. Like I was like, get a VPN and do this rerouting all this. I was like, okay, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't don't know. know. I mean, isn't there that, there's also BritBox. Do they, do they, you know, I have, I think I have a subscription to them. I wonder if they have BBC One, but I I need to, we'll we'll do some digging and find out. Yeah. We don't have any information yet, but maybe next If anyone knows how to watch it here the same day, let us know, please. Yeah. (laughs) DM us, please. Um, We're going to be investigating anyway. So more Kate and William news we got to talk about. Um, So this is a very nuanced change, their Instagram account, but um, like this is not breaking news, but it's, there have been subtle changes to their Kensington Palace account at Kensington Royal. So it's the, they've changed their picture and now they've changed their name. So last week, Kensington Royal updated their display name to be the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. And it used to just say Kensington Palace. The not to compare it exclusively to Sussex Royal, but they have were always the Duke and Duchess of Sussex as their name, not their handle. Their handle was Sussex Royal. I feel like there's such a distinction here that I had to, you know, want to be I super know, clear about. I know, it gets confusing when your it's handle very confusing. and your display name, it's like, okay, got it. Yeah. But so that's, that's very interesting that, so yeah, they, they put their names in and before it was, um, it was kind of the Fab Four's account. Yes, exactly. Then they split off when Meghan um, and Harry kind of moved on, you know, got married and they they separated their accounts. Um, but I did want to – so, you know, the Clarence House is Charles and Camilla's name and the name of their Instagram account. And the Queen is the royal family. That, so that really, they've all kept it very broad versus personal up to this point. So it's kind of a big change. And their new profile picture is one from their Clap for Cares video. If you remember, they all kind of exited the door. And um, Kate is in that beautiful blue floral dress. I think it was from Bowdoin. Is that correct? Oh, I can't remember about I think that it was Bowdoin. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. Um, but this also coincides with Kate and William recently hiring David Watkins, who previously ran Harry and Meghan's Instagram. So I think that it's all Ooh, kind of, you know, so it's, interesting. Like it seems changes. like he's like kind of bringing them up to the – you know, basically making the same face or doing the same facelift that Sussex Royal kind of Sussex Royal launched with. Yes. Um, yes. So very interesting. I know. And I find it so interesting that like a lot of the accounts were previously based on and they still are. I guess the handles are still based on the place where the royals live. So Clarence House is, you know, um, 
in Prince Charles and Camilla and then Kensington Palace where Kate and William live is um, was their handle for a long time and so I think now that it's becoming more personal and we're getting such a personal look into their lives it's becoming their own account like it's it's yeah. not just whoever lives in Kensington Palace it is Kate and William and that is the brand you know totally. it's no longer um, where they live it's not Buckingham it's not it's not like yeah. this collective sort of yeah identity yeah. It is, it is really interesting. I did um, do some research on David Watkins, and it was actually very easy to just pull up his personal website. And I did – I thought it was interesting because I just wanted to know more about him since he is the one now running the show for Kate and William. Um, and I, his resume actually – I just – I thought this was so cool. It's like, you know, it details the work he did for Sussex Royal. He says that he represented Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in the UK and abroad. He ran the day-to-day management of brand strategy, digital comms, content creation, copywriting, collaborations, and risk management for them too. Um, and he, I mean, this is a great stat to include on your resume. His reported follower growth was 9 million in eight, in an eight month period, which I know they had the Guinness book of world records. Um, they broke that for the first, the most amount of followers, I think in one day. Um, but I love that Kate and William scooped him up. I think that it's a great, uh, hire for them. And I feel like he's already making some minor changes. Definitely. And I feel like um, we're getting such a person, not just like these like changes that we can all see on their profile, like the picture and the name change or whatever, but also just that like we're getting such a personal look into their lives. And I think that's probably partly due to, you know, the lockdown and having to do Zoom calls and seeing inside their homes all the time. But it's also that um, I think that we're going to get an even um, more direct communication channel to them in the future because that's what Sussex Royal was really about. And I think that's yeah. what he kind of, you know, helmed was that um, a lot of times Sussex Royal broke their own news. So yes. they didn't go with a, you know, a, um, a coordinated press like release easel in front of Buckingham Palace yeah exactly it was like it's a boy and you're like wait whoa this is yeah. the first time we're hearing this it's just like all these things I think that we're gonna see you know photos of them that we, we already have seen that with um Kate's photo from the back to nature garden yeah um there's been a lot where we've seen unreleased photos or photos not previously seen and I think that that's going to continue and we're going to get very personal notes from them and so it's it's so exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so it's really so modern and I do think it's also interesting. I mean, it's smart and strategic. They need to ramp up everything on social media for themselves right now because it's truly their only way of communicating with all of us. I mean, we don't see them out and about and I thought this quote from the queen was so interesting that, you know, I have to be seen to be believed is something she once said about her relevance. And in the age of social distancing, that's super hard. But I mean, as we've already seen, all of the royals are just kind of doing exceptional work with this. Like they really are, um, you know, we hear from them so much. I so feel like more much. more than before. Do I you know. Feel that and way? I do. And I feel like whether, you know, we like it or not, obviously this is not a it's not an easy time for anyone, but to see them and hear from them personally all the time, like these clips that Bowie and I have been including in our podcast, even like to hear their voices all the time. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, well, um, you, it's a different, it's different aspect of them. It's so interesting. And you talk about like things being curated, like when it's video, I know it's still edited and all that stuff, but it ends up feeling really just kind of off the cuff and this is how they are and they're in their living rooms, they're in their homes. So I think, um, you know, these little minor changes, I'm excited to see what else comes. And I did also think that it was interesting that I I actually have to tell you, I didn't. So basically, one of the reasons for the name change could be that your official, your name, not your handle now shows up in your DMs. Yes. yes so yes, I was yes, like, I well, wait, that. mine is mine is still saying the handle. Um, 
but I had to update my app. So I did that. <laughs> yeah. And so I started to see that too. And it's like, oh. So that, that makes sense. That's, yeah. So now it doesn't say at Kensington Royal. It says the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge yeah. in their DMs. Who knows? If so should they people, DM but. you, Roberta? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, because they, yeah, I know that. Because Just they, in case they you would have been out. confused yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also have to say, if you guys are interested in this topic, you have to um, read the New York Times article called A Royal Instagram Mystery yes. from February. It is... It's such an a in-depth look and in a Shakespearean format that they lay the story out in, A Tale of Two Houses, but basically how uh, Sussex Royal, you know, had this extremely um, fast growth on the platform and Kensington Royal still outpaced them. And so there's like, you know. And they were kind of neck and neck, like right. since the launch, like they, Kensington Royal was gradual, 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 and then Sussex Royal launched and they were neck and neck from that point on every month with like the same follower growth. So, But Kensington Royal just slightly, slightly by like yes. 0.1% still outpacing them. And Edged them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, is this, you know, it, it, it falls so neatly into place with the hierarchy that the royals have. And so it's like a little bit like there's whisperings of like conspiracy or whatever. Like, did they yeah. inflate their numbers just to be, you know, a little – I don't know. It's like a it's like a popular. It's a great contest. read. It's, if you haven't read it's it, it's such a lengthy, great read. We're not doing so it good. justice, I feel like. But yeah, you definitely have to read that story if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, well, because I mean, I feel like the man behind Sussex Royal is now working for the competition if that article is true, which I think is interesting. <laughs> so, so interesting. So more to come from them, definitely. Um, and then our last, you know, Kate and Talk Liam about relatability. <laughs> news of the day. They Mom and dad play bingo. Um, so Prince William and Kate Middleton hopped on Zoom to play virtual bingo with senior citizens last week um, at the Shire Hall Care Home in Cardiff, Wales. And they took turns calling a bingo game. And this was such a funny insight into it was so unexpected I was like shocked because it kind of came out right around um when we were going into the weekend so I was like wait what they play bingo huh yeah <laughs> it's like the way they called out the numbers it was really great so we're yeah we should a little play the club bite. hello everybody hello everybody Catherine's gonna pick out the first ball George would like this one five and five snakes alive one and seven dancing queen <laughs> Are we drawing these numbers badly? <laughs> <laughs> two little ducks, 22. Six and two, tickety-boo. So, so good. Um, they even, like, when they're calling out the numbers, like, six and two, tickety-boo, which I guess tickety that's boo. how you actually play bingo. Yeah. I did not know that they have It's actual... bingo slang, Roberta. So I, I didn't I, know this. There's a bingo great lingo. list of the terms. So, like, when William says dancing queen, because it's because number 17 is mentioned in the lyrics of that song. And this was my favorite. Two little ducks, when um, they say that, it's because 22 looks like the profile of two ducks. And then the response, which we heard in the video, is everyone quacks. Quack, 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 and, quack, quack. And they look so happy playing this bingo game. And Kate Middleton even says, I think it was five and five snakes alive. And she yes. says, George would love this one. So we know George is enjoying the outdoors and all of his he um, loves, yeah. time. And, <laughs> but not spider sandwiches, as I thought Well, I feel like he's into the creepy crawlies at this The stage. creepy crawlies, yeah, exactly. He's about exactly. to turn seven and he's like into snakes and spiders or spider sandwiches. I can't believe so. he's going to turn seven. That's a whole other thing. In July, guys, it's coming up. Um. Yeah, but I, I also really liked at the end one of the players, Joan, She um, when she was asked how they did, um, Kate, calling out the numbers, uh, she said it wasn't as good as it should have been. <laughs> 
I love, I love, I love like the really, you know, knocking them down a few rungs. It's like yeah. putting them in their place, which I thought was hilarious. I mean, they know their bingo game. I mean, I feel like it made me want to get a bingo game going. It just yes. seems so fun. We should well, do that they, virtually with our office. Call, they have to call out the numbers. Is the yes. Issue. Like it's, I'll only do it if Kate and William call out the numbers because the way they did it, they had so much Tickety boo. Yeah. Six and two. Tickety boo. And William said, I've never known Welsh people not to know how to have fun. And I feel like they, embody that fully the they the residents of this care home seemed like they had a great time and um and so did King Williams that was really sweet so yeah I know and I think that it's it's an important spotlight that they're putting on nursing home active nursing home communities which are definitely really affected by this pandemic so you know it's always for a good cause which you know is amazing yes definitely so now for our highs and lows. Before we adjourn the pod, we have to talk about our highs and lows. So, Bo, you kick it off. It's time for the royal highs and lows. Yeah, so my low is definitely a, a real deal low. Um, Princess Eugenie's father-in-law, George Brooks Banks, spent nine weeks battling COVID after a recent trip to France. And he oh. is 71. He spent five of those weeks on a ventilator and says his family was told, including Princess Eugenie, multiple times to prepare for the worst. Oh, my gosh. And the only reason he's in the clear now is because he had a tracheotomy. And he's, he thinks the NHS, the National Health Service, for everything. Um, his wife, his Jack's mom also got Nicola also got COVID, but a much less severe case. So major low. I feel like it really, I mean, we had Prince Charles get it. We've had numerous members of the royal family, it feels like, affected by this. So Definitely. Wow. According to the articles I read, he it sounds like he really is um, on the mend, which is great. That is great. Um, my low of the week. So there's been um, some new reports specifically yeah, from... I, this is a good low. Tatler. I mean. Yeah, so Society Bag Tatler um, has said, well, their July-August cover story features Kate Middleton. And so they're, they've quoted some insider sources. So take this with a huge grain of salt. But my low is that the whole Megan and Kate feud rumor supposedly began over, wait for it, pantyhose. Dun, dun, dun. Just... <laughs> I don't know what to think of this. So, yeah, Tatler interviewed close friends to the Cambridges, um, and supposedly, you know, obviously we don't know for sure, uh, but the rift between the duchesses all started because Meghan didn't want the bridesmaids at her and Harry's wedding to wear pantyhose, and Kate thought they ought to because protocol. So I noticed I went back to royal weddings, and they usually do wear these white tights, which I guess is what they're referring to. It's not really pantyhose. It's like white tights. Okay. Um, But one of the sources said it was a hot day, and apparently there was a row over whether the bridesmaids should wear tights or not. Kate following protocol felt that they should Megan didn't want them to so I remember and I don't know if you do Bowie about hearing um there was an incident at a dress fitting before Megan and I definitely remember hearing about that yeah it came out in like November 2018 um that like Kate left in tears or something and I think a few sources kind of um had had said that from you know different tabloids had reported that people saying that so I think this is what it was about possibly but it seems so silly to have a feud over this and I I want it I want this to not be true it's it's kind of just ridiculous yeah that's definitely it's it seems you know very weird but obviously you know with weddings tensions are high so I mean stranger things have happened right but um but it doesn't sound like they have confirmed this at all and the telegraph which is a reputable source and one favored by the royal family has reached out for confirmation and they haven't heard back but it sounds like some fact-checking is really going on by these reputable sources so definitely it's giving us more insight like I feel like two years later it's like okay that's what happened you know hopefully they've all moved past it It seems so silly and I don't want to believe there is a royal rift but if there is like if this is it like it's just you know and and Kensington Palace did 
dismiss other claims from this article. So they, um, one of the claims from another source is that Kate is furious over, that's the word they use, furious over her workload. Um, and Kensington Palace said, no, that's that's completely false. So I think they didn't comment on this specific claim. So who knows? Yeah, who it is knows? interesting that they commented at all too. So yeah. Um, very interesting. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll be hearing more in the coming weeks. Um, in terms of my high of the week, this is actually sort of a royal save the date for you all. Um, so we are obviously recording a couple days ahead of this, but on, the episode drops on Thursday. And that is the same day that you can um, tune into Historic Royal Palaces, which is hosting a virtual talk as a way to showcase some of the iconic dresses and royal clothing in their collection, since people can't see it in, in real life right now, thanks to COVID. Um, I thought this was super cool. I, I think it's it, so cool. I'm so excited. It's to almost like a, a like a preview of my high because I'm going to tune in. It's at seven. It's at two p.m. Eastern time, seven p.m. UK time. I personally have traveled to see Princess Diana's dresses everywhere. I saw them in Lowell, Massachusetts when, <laughs> when I was in seventh grade. I saw them at Kensington Palace. I love all the details. Like I think there's one dress that has Prince William's handprint as a child. Like I just, I really get into it. Um, my poor husband has had to, you know, go through as I read every placard. I have to um, ask you, what's your favorite Princess Diana dress of all time? Oh my gosh, Roberta. Um, I know, it's a really hard question. Can I say, can I say not a dress, that, that, land, that sheep sweater? No. Yes. Um, no, no, no. I, I would, I would have to think a long and long and hard about that. Um, okay. but, all but right, I have, yeah, the Travolta dress is, is definitely a favorite. And that is one that they are going to be talking about, um, in this virtual talk on Thursday. And I thought that this was, this was also a part of my high is that they're going to talk about the history of the Travolta dress, which they recently acquired, but we might not see it during the chat because it's in isolation. <laughs> so the dress, is, like all of us is, is in, in isolation. isolation. So, and this is something that they explained is that, um, all acquired clothing that goes into the their collection goes goes um goes into isolation to be sure that it's free from pests like the clothes moth or the carpet beetle um so they put it in quarantine they wrap it in conservation material and then they put it in a freezer for a, a period of time to make sure all if there are bugs they are killed um and for those so, who don't know like me i don't really know the background of the travolta dress so that's what she wore to dance with john travolta is that yes right? yes exactly at the white house um and so it was just um I, I guess this dress was just about ready to be thawed out from um when stay-at-home orders were put <laughs> in place wow. so they it's still you know they can't they can't grab it for the chat but that is my high of the week i can't wait to tune in i just i really love all the royal fashion so and so how can you watch it you you tune in at 2 p.m east time. Yep. And um, 7 p.m. UK time. And you'll have to adjust depending on where you're listening, of course. Um, and you can actually make a donation if you're so inclined. But you go to the Hampton Court Palace website. Um, and that is where they will there. I actually already signed up and um, it it basically you confirm that you're going and then it emails you a virtual link. That's it. That is so exciting. For anyone who loves royal fashion, I, myself included, I feel like this is the best thing to do this week. And it's kind of like a, you know, it, it replaces, like, I feel like I just want to travel everywhere right now. So it kind of will give me like a little bit of a... It's like you're going to the museum exactly. of royal fashion. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then my high of the week is something really fun, this, that Sussex fans continue their campaign to plant trees in Meghan and Harry's honor, which I thought was really sweet. So um, a once abandoned farm in upstate New York is now the home of Archie's Woods, a new grove of over 500 trees. The Sussex Great Forest actually launched in 2019. A bunch of Sussex fans got together and um, decided to plant a bunch of trees in their honor. The goal was 10,000 trees, and they've already planted 
get this, 115,000 new trees, which is amazing. And Megan and Harry actually um, previously responded to the initiative when they found out about it last November via their Instagram stories. They wrote, huge thanks to the amazing group of people who have launched the Grassroots Sussex Great Forest Initiative. What a special surprise. They continued, the aim of this project is to plant 10,000 trees around the world by donating globally and planting locally. We are so inspired. Thank you. I feel like this is such a sweet way that fans can kind of affect real change and 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 actually get the royals attention. I mean, it's awesome. I think that this is such a I mean, what a cool idea. I love that it's in New York. I love that it's upstate New York, right? You said? Yeah, it's upstate New York. I forget the name of the actual farm, but yeah, it's it's a really um cool thing and now it's called Archie Woods. Is this um this one Archie's little grove Woods. of trees? I want to go there. That's so I sweet. I know. So that's that's really what a great cool. spot to end up. Definitely. On. And that. I feel like they they had some controversy last year with like you know, private jet use and they want to do car, you know, offset carbon emissions. So I feel like this is kind of a really nice way to, um, to do that, I guess. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So just a reminder before we close, leave us a Royal rating on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And here is a real review from still loving the music. Ooh, I like that. Um, this person said, I stopped listening. Then I heard about the host change and decided to give it another try. I'm so glad I did balanced coverage on a variety of senior working and formerly senior working members of the British Royal family. Thank you for pulling in audio clips. This has been a wonderful addition to the show. I like having a host who is a mother and a wife, Bowie and is willing to share her relatable stories, like attempting to recreate Prince Louis rainbow artwork. It adds a nice personal touch. I think Roberta and Rachel are doing an excellent job. Oh, that's so sweet. Such a sweet note. I'm glad you like the audio clips too. We love them. (laughs) Yeah. We love hearing them as much as you guys. Um, So reminder, subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. You can send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week, God God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.